What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 186 of the Just an Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. Um, gonna address the elephant in the room straight off the bat. Sorry, there was no episode last week, but uh, the reasons for that will become very clear within the next few minutes. But yeah, just wanted to say if anyone was kind of looking out for an episode last week, uh, had some admin bits to do, so that's why there was no episode. Um, but on that note, just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that checked out the episode with Sean Leary. Got great feedback from that again. And I know I say this every single episode, but really do appreciate everyone that kind of gives feedback and listens to the episodes, share them and so on and so forth. Really does help like validate and make this show worth doing. Not that it's not worth doing anyway, but you get what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to try and keep this little intro bit as short as possible because I've got some details I need to get through. But just as always, I want to give a shout out to some new music that I've been playing in the last week or so. Um, the new Young Mountain record that came out on Friday is really, really cool. Uh, Drip Fed, their new record is really, really cool. It's called Kill the Buzz. Go check that out if you like your sort of screamy, sort of post-hardcore kind of stuff. Um, new Ocean Wisdom record, if you're into your, your British hip-hop. Obviously, Genghis Tron. Go check that out. But the one that I really want to put some light on, and I... Most people probably have heard of it, but it's one that I've got to give a shout out to my brother for for putting on my radar. But a lot of people have been have seen shouting out about this. Uh, it's the for those I love debut record, self titled record. Um, for those who don't know the the artist under the guise of for those I love, this whole record is kind of a a love letter and dealing with grief of um, the guy losing his best friend and it's kind of the story and journey through that. It's really, like, it's kind of dancey hip-hop, but it's just, like, the lyrics and the emotions in it are just so heartfelt and passionate. And, yeah, I think this is going to be a record that will be up there on the Albums of the Year list. Maybe not necessarily for me, probably for my brother when we get around to doing that at the end of the year but it's definitely going to be one that's sticking around for a long time so go check that out for those i love um right gonna get into this week so the reason there was no episode last week is because i was putting the final touches to our first ever uh just an inside charity sampler now for those who are regular listeners to the show you will sort of seen uh the beginning of well no it's the end of january beginning of february time i kind of put the idea out there of doing four charity samplers a year. This is going to be the first of those. Uh, each different sampler is going to be supporting a different charity, organisation, something within those realms that we can kind of help financially or in any shape or form, putting a bit more eyes on them. Um, so the first of those that we are supporting is uh, the mental health organisation Heads Above the Waves. Um, we will be putting all various sort of links and literature to their organization in the uh, episode notes but so this is it so this the last week just going on i've been sorting out the track listing getting all the tracks organized all the artwork organized for this sampler the sampler will be coming out on thursday april 1st it'll be over on justininsightpod.bandcamp.com uh, it's 20 tracks all bands submitted none of them i think bar one but that we were kind of talking anyway 
all submitted into the show. We didn't reach out to anyone, so this is all a very community-based activity. Uh, the sampler will be going up for £1 slash $1, but if you want to pay more, support the organisation more, then uh, please feel free to do so. The artwork has been supplied by a fabulous friend of mine and former guest of the show, Ryan Slauson, from the band Closer. Um, they have done a fantastic job on the artwork. There will be options to purchase prints of that artwork. There'll be two different options, one with text, one without. So again, all of those money raised from that will again go towards Heads Above the Waves. They will be over on our big cartel for £5 each. We're going to be limiting them to, I'm going to say 10 each. One, 10 of print, 10, sorry, 10 with text, 10 without. That's my aim. If there's more of demand, I will do a couple more, but the max I'm going to do is 15. But yeah, so the sampler will be out on Thursday, April 1st. But the reason, again, was that's all going on. We have the wonderful Cy Martin from the organisation Heads Above the Waves on this week's show. Uh, Cy is also the drummer in pop punk band uh, Junior. Some of you may know Junior because of wrestling connections, which we get into in the chat. But this was a really cool opportunity to kind of sit down, talk to Cy about Heads Above the Waves, the work they do, what the kind of long-term aim is for the organisation, how it's kind of grown throughout the years. And obviously we talk about music, talk about Junior, talk about how drumming helped him in his own kind of uh, mental health state and so on and so forth. So yeah, this is a really special episode. We'll tie in nicely to the to the sample that comes out on Thursday. We'll again put all various links and so on and so forth and further information in the description notes. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on Thursday for the sampler. But for now, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Sai, and I'll see you on the other side. Right, so joining me this week on the Justin Inside podcast is drummer of pop punk band Junior and co-founder of non-profit organisation Heads Above the Wave, Cy Martin. Cy, thank you very much for taking some time out of your busy Zoom day, as you've have you told me, to have a little chat with me. But how is everything? How, how have you kind of been keeping busy at the, in these crazy times? Do you know what's wild, man? I feel like, if anything, I've been like busier than ever because of lockdown. Do you know what I mean? Like. It- it's a yeah. weird situation where like so many of my friends are furloughed. I'm actually technically furloughed as well, um, but a bunch of my friends are furloughed and they're just kind of sat twiddling their thumbs and just like, oh, I'm so bored. And I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's just been nonstop, man. But it's it's been one of those things where actually it's, it's been quite cool seeing how people are adapting and like the pandemic is obviously like this huge global uh, shutdown do you know what I mean that's kind of everyone yeah, yeah. having to adapt and improvise and um, come up with with new solutions and things you know so maybe I'm putting a very positive optimistic spin on that but like <laughs> that's kind of I, no, I think that's like fair enough though because like it's it is as you say like people have like adapted and changed things like even like with what I do on this like it, even like before like pre-pandemic like I've always interviewed like international people but I was doing it like via Skype with like a microphone fucking pointed at my laptop and stuff and this is like learning like different skills of like how to like make it a bit more professional and all that sort of thing so it is like you've 
have that opportunity to take time and kind of I guess like hone what you want to do with yeah, things sure. in that in that well aspect. and the idea of doing like doing podcasts over zoom as well is like such a it, I feel like that's that's been such a, a blessing in disguise almost right because like suddenly yeah yeah so definitely. many more people are accessible you know rather than having to wait till someone's on tour to go and catch them near you to actually speak to them in person or you know, yeah and it being like oh this is awkward trying to arrange a, a zoom interview with someone like suddenly the fact that <laughs> everyone is just doing that all the time makes it like yeah yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's a, um but obviously like we'll get into sort of like different bits and pieces and stuff but one of the things I did want to kind of ask you to sort of straight off the bat is because of obviously the, the work that you do with Heads Above the Waves, how have you kind of seen that change in these times? Have, have, have people kind of like been reaching out to you a bit more? Because like, I think one of the big things that people have seen is sort of like struggles with mental health and things like that. And obviously that is part and parcel of kind of what you do. So have you found that there are people who kind of like, finding out about you more and kind of using the resources that you provide more yeah i i well well yeah maybe it's it's a little bit skewed because like again having having more time at home working on on heads stuff means that we've actually started really trying to look at like the analytics and like who's actually visiting Mm. the website or how many instagram likes do we get on each post or whatever you know to try and be more smart about it having more time to look into that stuff so um yes if it feels like there's much more people many more people finding us but that's also because we weren't looking (laughs) super hard (laughs) but um but yeah what's what's interesting as well and and we'll maybe dive into this a little bit later but like kind of one of the key things that heads is all about is is you know trying to find like the the root cause of, of where an issue is coming from right so mm. what's been really interesting over the pandemic is that those kind of um oh, i suppose triggers do you know what i mean like the the things that are that are setting off doubts of of ill mental health uh, mm. have are things that wouldn't have been a thing a year ago or Possibly would have been yeah, a thing, yeah. but but are becoming a lot more widespread um, now. You know, things like you know, health anxiety, for example, has been a thing for a long time. But I feel like there's at least elements of that creeping into a lot more people's lives, and just the kind of that feeling of like isolation and stuff as well. Like, again, isolation's been a, a a challenge for a lot of people's mental health for a long time, but. Mm it's suddenly something that's affecting way more people than it ever has before. And the, the response kind of needs to be to um, adapt and, and provide support to alleviate those initial um, causes, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? But um, before we can actually, or, or maybe, you know, that's the smarter place to start than trying to put out the fires as they come up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So then if we kind of like go back to, as I say, I always like to start at like the roots and the origins of someone's kind of story and and their journey through music. So how I always kind of like open this up is like, what was your kind of first exposure to alternative music? What kind of got you you into it? Do you know what, man? Um, The first like real memory I have of proper alternative music. Oh, wow, actually, oh, okay, actually, I, I, have, I have two answers for this, actually, I have two answers. 
Um, so, so I mean, so for one, I, I grew up in a very Christian household, right? So going to church okay. all the time, um, listening, you know, primarily to kind of, if it was rock music, it was Christian rock music, right? So, and, and actually what's, what's been sick is that those are bands that I, I actually really still like today, bands like P.O.E. and Under Oath. <laughs> Uh, yeah, were, yeah, were maybe yeah. kind of like the the cool kind of um, influence into that world. Um, I think the earliest memory I have of, of getting like a, a proper alternative album was was Hybrid Theory, and I'm, I'm sure that's like a million people's answer to this question. You know, like <laughs> Hybrid Theory was such a, um, a critical album I think for me uh, yeah but then the, the other kind of um the other funny answer is is probably Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 <laughs> oh yeah yeah so, definitely. yeah man like uh, I think that was such a cool introduction to that that's how I found about Rage Against the Machine was Pro Skater 2 mm. um bands like Melancholin yeah like you, you kind of um your pop punk kind of world coming from that as well as bits of Papa Roach were on that soundtrack, but also then bits of like hip hop and uh, yeah, was yeah. That Anthrax and uh, what was it? Power Man 5000 was it on? Yeah, yeah, so, man, yeah. So all of those things, or at least the first two minutes of each of those tracks, which was all the time you had on Pro Skater 2, wasn't it? But um, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was genuinely one of the, one of the things that kind of really, I was like, oh, this riff is really cool, you know, or like, that's a really like the energy in this track is really sick but so yeah sorry i think i gave three answers there actually no, no. <laughs> pod tony hawk's pro skater 2 and lincoln park hybrid theory <laughs> yeah well in terms of like the kind of like pod under oath sort of stuff because i find it i always find it interesting that because when like i first kind of heard those bands i didn't make the connection that they were christian bands until like i started doing a bit more digging and you kind of hear them in interviews and whatever but because obviously you're you're coming from a christian household where where were you kind of hearing that was it like people like within the christian community putting it on because like i don't know they're still like quote unquote a heavy band Mm. but like they're kind of i don't know they're kind of given a pass because they're they of their message kind of thing so was like was were people in that community sh- like showing you those bands? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I remember there was like there was yeah like a a family who like were in 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 my parents' church, and I remember like they had like yeah two kids who were like two boys who were a good few years older than me, and like I'd always go to their house and be like, "Whoa, what have, what have you found this week?" You know, and they'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know." Um, and yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, it's a funny one really, man, because like, I don't, I don't really fully know where I like land on like the religious scale these days to be perfectly mm. honest with you, but I'm still really grateful for that upbringing. Do you know what I mean? And I think, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd never bash any religion. Um, I think there's a lot of positives that can come from it, but it's, it's, I think it's a really important part of my my journey. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know. I remember being. I, I spent some time growing up in America as well as a kid, and we went back over to visit when I was maybe like thirteen. No, I must have been like fifteen, sixteen actually, because um, mm. Define the Great Line had just come out, and there was like this um, 
Christian bookshop that sold all the, you know, Bibles and stuff, but also kind of like, you know, yeah, fiction, and, uh, but also music. And I remember finding, yeah, this Under Oath CD and being like, oh, mom and dad, can I get this? Because it's a Christian band. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Get in the car to like drive back to the hotel or the house or wherever we were staying. And um, I was like, who put my new CD on? And they were like, oh, yes, okay, that sounds lovely. <laughs> and it just goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I, I, I think that's kind of, that was an element of it. And, and weirdly enough as well, like I, I still think like, it's funny, like there was a, there was a website that kind of, oh, why am I diving so deep into this? But there was a website that kind of like <laughs> did like uh, reviews of different, uh, well, like all sorts of things, music and films and stuff and sort of saying whether it was the sort of thing that was like a, appropriate for Christian children yeah. in particular, but I suppose it kind of is broader is kind of like, you know, actually should your kids really be listening to Slipknot at 13 years old? Um, <laughs> yeah. And actually Slipknot was one of the things on there where they kind of, they break it down to like, what's the positive content? What's the negative content on this record? <laughs> and the Slipknot one was just like, no positive. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, do you know what's funny though as well, man, is actually um, when I was uh, 11, 12 years old, uh, by the way, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out, I was sat mm. watching Top of the Pops with my mum and they, Chili Peppers are on there and they're playing By the Way. And I, I remember saying to my mum, my mum's saying to me, do you like this sort of music? Is this what you like? And I was like, oh, I don't know. This is a little bit heavy for me. <laughs> and then um, fast forward like four five years and I'm like cradle of filth <laughs> so yeah man it's it's been a it's been a weird journey for me to be honest <laughs> it's been a weird yeah um, yeah I, I, well then so sorry go, go no I was just gonna say I, I think it was you know a, a mixture of like people around me turning me on to bands and stuff and I, and I guess just kind of discovering bits and pieces you know just kind of stumbling on stuff i suppose in the before youtube days there was like i think it was like msn music mm. or something was it um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so then in terms of like you kind of like i don't know were, were you like actively kind of like digging for bands because like, as you say kind of like going from thinking red hot chili peppers is too heavy to then listening to like the likes of cradle of filth like have you always been someone that's like actively like dug and searched for music or is it just sort of happenstance of like your surroundings and what you you and your friends are listening to like how's that all kind of come about um yeah i do you know what i i think i've always been one of the last to the party when it comes to to cool music do you know what i mean um okay one of the other one of the other things that um or you know really influential back well yeah Two really influential bands for me were Blink-182, obviously, and mm. Pop Punk Kid. I, of course i got to say Blink. But, um, <laughs> yeah. um, but also Funeral for a Friend as well. So um, I went to school um, and, and kind of the first bands I was in were with... Um, do you remember a band called Decade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Harry and Joe from Decade, um, I met them. We went to school together and, like... Okay. We play our first bands were us like playing together in school. Do you know what I mean? And and Harry and Joe were were really influential in in terms of 
turn me on to yeah well actually turn me on to boxcar racer harry, harry right. and i sat and shared a headphone each you know when you have your seat <laughs> sitting and listening to boxcar racer and um and funeral for a friend as well and going like sitting on our school field and just like again having a headphone each and listening to these bands and yeah i think ours had just come out by funeral and that was just like whoa <laughs> um mm. and and again you know i'm i'm 30 years old now but um <laughs> which which means when i was in school like it was you know someone sending you a song over msn messenger was kind of like <laughs> yeah, the way yeah. it happened um and and that was that was how i found a lot of music i think i i wouldn't say i necessarily actively went looking for it um then yeah. as i did get older and i was you know buying like magazines like kerrang and rock sound actually then and I, I don't know whether I do this these days, like reading, I remember reading about Gaslight Anthem, for example, in Rock Sound and being like, that sounds great. And going down to um, FOP, the record shop, and um, and buying two Gaslight Anthem albums just because I liked this article in this magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know whether that would happen these days. <laughs> just, well, for myself, but also in general, I suppose. So um, I guess like nowadays, like, because obviously if you, if that was like, the similar situation today you'd read the article and then you just go on spotify or something wouldn't you like and you check out like a song yeah and make a judgment from there kind of thing wouldn't you i'm, I'm almost be more inclined if i yeah if i like that i'm almost more inclined to try and want to go and see them live do you know what i mean i, I feel like yeah 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 seeing a band live is more of a an event now <laughs> obviously it's an event but like like buying a cd was an event if, if that makes sense in yeah. the past of it kind of being like oh cool i've got this album this is the only way i can listen to this album now it's it's so readily available in so many different ways that um yeah I, I, yeah I, I i don't know whether that would happen anymore but um <laughs> that's that's probably the closest i got to like digging out new bands and yeah, yeah. so in terms of you playing music like obviously now the drummer for for junior but has has jump uh, has drums always been what you were leaning towards or do you kind of dabble with anything else before you settled in drums well so yeah i started having drum lessons when i went to secondary school so when i was 11 and um mm. i had no idea why but like on the kind of the open evening that you go to before you go to a school you know your parents yeah like, yeah, um, yeah. They, they were like oh we offer drum lessons here and my mum and dad for some reason were like would you like to do that? And I was like, yeah, I really would. <laughs> and it, <laughs> yeah. it was just always a thing then really. And um, yeah, that was, that was like my, my kind of standard thing was, was playing drums. And then I started kind of dabbling with guitar when I, when I got into, yeah, I, I suppose I must've been having, if I was having drum lessons at 11, that must've been before my, my great awakening. <laughs> right. So like, <laughs> I, I must have been just kind of like, oh, I will play the drums and it'd be like, boom, cat, boom, cat. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose kind of from then on, maybe like 13, 14, I was really getting into like, yeah, rock music. Mm. Um, that led to me then picking up guitar and sort of just teaching myself guitar and kind of dabbling around and actually playing guitar at home more than I'd play drums because drums was like oh I have to practice my rudiments bum 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 and 
It's yeah, hard. Yeah. like, uh, oh, so I can literally, I could put headphones on and I could play this at 10 o'clock at night or whatever, which I couldn't do with drums. So, um, yeah, I did that. And then I ended up having piano lessons as well to kind of help with the more kind of theoretical side of music too. So that was a really busy period with my, in my teens where I was like quite actively playing drums and guitar and piano. Um, yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> Spending my days on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so then in terms of like, getting into sort of like more kind of like playing the music like as you say like having like drum lessons and, and piano lessons and teaching yourself guitar is one thing but actually like formulating a band and and being creative in that aspect when did that kind of all start and like what kind of like music were your early sort of iterations of bands playing <laughs> um it must it must have been like 2000 it was like yeah 2005 2006 maybe um when that really kind of happened and and actually one of the one of the cool things right um and this this kind of relates to like the heads by the wave story and stuff as well i suppose is that i was i was such a little loser in school <laughs> i like i didn't want to I, I, I say i'm a loser i i i was i was a bright kid but i didn't really have many friends particularly i was a bit of a loner right and um I still struggle with this to this day to be honest dude of like not really feeling like I truly fit in with any one group do you know what I mean like um, yeah 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 I suppose if anything I'm, I'm kind of more towards like the nerd kind of side of things do you know what I mean like I, yeah you know, um I was never a cool kid is what I'm saying and it may, <laughs> it may surprise you to know <laughs> no but, um <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was never really a cool kid. And um, it was literally from kind of picking up guitar and just learning songs and stuff and then going and, and playing in, in like the concert band and the swing band and stuff in, in school. And then um, okay. from that kind of meeting other music dudes and, and taking music at GCSE and then being sat in a music room just hanging out on a lunchtime because I went to an all boys school, which is, oh my gosh, don't, don't ever go to and um because it's it's obviously it's so like rugby and i was yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. so i'd go and hang out in a music room and uh you know play play songs or play drums in in the thing there if i could and um it was i i'm fairly sure i was playing uh, i want to say it was stay together for the kids on on guitar like blink and um and someone recognized it and was like oh i know that song and i was like oh yeah sick and then just kind of ended up chatting about music and like, oh, I love this album. Oh, I love this album. Do you know how to play this? Oh, here's how you play it, you know, and, and sharing each other's ideas and stuff. And and yeah, that's that's kind of when I met I met uh, Joe and Harry, who went on to, to do Decade. And um, mm. Joe in particular was very much a cool kid. <laughs> he had all these. Cool <laughs> um, and then, yeah, kind of going on and, and starting a band and it being... <sighs> Weirdly, I remember listening to a lot of placebo around then. So like oh, probably okay. was an influence. But um those guys were really listening to like Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco, Blink, Funeral, and all those things kind of mashing together to make this this first band that I don't think ever really settled on a name particularly, but um <laughs> we 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 did a few shows and it was cool. And 
what was really cool was that then um, coming into the art class, like after we'd done one of our gigs, all the all the chavs took art because it was like a, a DOS class, right? They were like, oh. yeah, yeah. And um, I remember one of the one of the kids like giving me a hard time one day, and then one of the other chav kids being like, oh no. We went to see size band the other day and they were actually really good so like leave them alone and i was kind of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um and uh, yeah I, I think that was the thing kind of like suddenly i guess i guess being known for something you know rather than being like oh there's that that weird kid on his own or or that you know, yeah 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 he's he's smart and whatever um <laughs> sorry that sounded like such a brag he's so intelligent but, um, <laughs> yeah so so to be actually known as as like oh yeah the guy from the band like they're they're all right you know um i think i think for the chavs it was more about them like going to the gig just to drink underage but like yeah uh, yeah just in general it was it was really cool to have like a a, a thing to to do and um yeah we, we ah there was there was a venue called the porter butt in i grew up in bath and there's a venue called the porter butt which is long gone now but um it was the sort of place where you could like i think you hired out the back room for like 50 quid or something and then it was yours to do what you mm. wanted with it was the days before smoking was banned indoors and every time i'd go and do a show there i'd come home reeking of cigarettes not not i didn't smoke <laughs> yeah. but like i you just stank of like old smoke and beer my parents yeah, yeah. every time they picked me up from there they'd be like where have you been what have you been doing <laughs> and then i was like it's rock and roll mom <laughs> make me a cheese toasty please yeah so um yeah yeah oh that was a good time though, man that was a good time for for music <laughs> so were you play were you playing drums mm. in that band no that was the funny thing i was playing guitar and singing in those bands yeah. okay cool that's well that's kind of what i wanted to ask because obviously like now obviously drums is like your predominant but have you played like in other bands where you've done guitar and stuff um no i don't i, I don't think since that well so when i came to uni i um I, I started a band in cardiff um with some friends and um i i never played guitar in the bands but i would do a lot of the songwriting right yeah, yeah, yeah play you know play guitar and come up with riffs and share them with the guys who would actually play guitar but I think what I realized quite quickly is that I can, I can play guitar okay but there's a lot of people who can play guitar a lot better than me whereas yeah, yeah. if I say so myself I, I think I'm quite good on drums there's definitely people who are better than me but I think I'm a how do I say this without sounding really arrogant but <laughs> I, 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 I know and I'm confident in my ability to play drums whereas I yeah so much. yeah <laughs> um yeah, but then I, so I also play um, I play live drums for uh, an act an artist called Novo Amor, which is okay. kind of uh, it's it's bonkers, man. Like if you've never listened to Novo, give it a spin on Spotify. It's like it's really beautiful music, and um, th there's like elements of that. Like all everyone in the band plays multiple things. Um, so in the new mm. live set now, I'm going to be playing a, at least one song on bass um and yeah kind of introducing in that element uh, as well as just playing drums so that's going to be exciting um that's cool. yeah that'll probably be the first time i've been on stage with something other than a drum kit in years so <laughs> 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 so then you mentioned like growing up in, in 
in Bath. So like my like knowledge of any kind of music scene in Bath is very limited and I think it's even more so now. But like you said obviously that you like that very first band you doing you did have shows so was there a bit of a music scene that you could like find shows and go to or was it very kind of much like limited to sort of like your local pub kind of thing yeah i i think it was pretty like pretty much local pub kind of situation i i don't remember there ever really being like a music scene but i but i i was yeah. never really like a popular it might have been that there was all this cool stuff happening that I just never knew about and it was particularly before the rise of social media particularly it was kind of you know if you didn't know about it you didn't know you didn't know about it it, yeah yeah yeah. but um yeah it was I I, there was I remember Enter Shikari and Taking Back Sunday were the only two actual like big bands I remember ever yeah. coming to Bath and and seeing them there, um, and that was amazing. But otherwise, yeah, it was kind of Bristol was more the place to be. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and like I say, like it's 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 a weird one as well, particularly living in in such a relatively posh place as Bath as well. <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You're kind of going. I hate this town. It's way too posh. <laughs> um yeah (laughs) so then in terms of like you said kind of going off to uni and sort of starting a band there and things like that so was that um was that kind of like the time when you were kind of looking at heads above the wave stuff as well or did that kind of come a little bit later that came a little bit later yes so so um, I came to uni um, to do music technology and I left uni going, I, oh no, that's it. I, I came to uni saying, I want to record bands. I want to be a record producer. And I left uni going, I never want to record another band. There's a lot to live. Uh, <laughs> that was money well spent, wasn't it? But, um, but also, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would have come to uni 2009 um, and left 2011. And yeah, I suppose around 2010, then I would have met the other guys. We, um, had a band called Set Aside. We only released one EP. I think we played about ten shows, and that was it. <laughs> you know, have you, have you seen that meme? It's like um, all local bands after they release one EP, and then it's um, the guy from Scooby Doo saying, "Let's split up, gang." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Um, but that was again. That was that was really cool. And and, and do you know what? One of the one of the cool, really really cool things in in my life is that some of the really good friends I've got have come from music right so harry and joe in school like i met those guys and we were like you know really really tight all through school and sick form and and that was literally because of music and then in uni in my second year so yeah 2010 i met um this guy who was like oh yeah i miss being in a band i want to start a band and i was kind of like yeah i do and he was like i'll introduce you to my mate and then again yeah he became one of my closest friends for years and um and then, and then he was like oh I know a guy who's a vocalist and then like I lived with that guy there do you know what I mean and I'm like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah literally sprung from a conversation of like I like the same band as you like <laughs> and like how yeah, amazing yeah. is that that like that music can have that power like I think music's got this really powerful um 
uh, ability, I suppose, to, to bring people together with like, when you're at a concert and there's like, however many people, whether it's five people, whether it's 5,000 people, and you're all there with the same kind of understanding of like, yes, we get this and we're all, you know, we're having this shared experience or, you know, whatever it is. But it can also be that, yeah, that thing kind of ripples out into your real life as well. You know, when you're kind of out of this beautiful mm. bubble of the euphoria of a show, you're suddenly like, ah, oh, I like the same thing that you like. Let's hang out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. Which, which also I, I think needs to happen more as a grown up. Do you know what I mean? I feel like when you're, when you're in school and when you're in uni and you're, in, you're kind of like you're forced together with people, like, yeah, you kind of end up having to make friends to, to survive or whatever, I suppose. But like when you're in the real world, you know, I'm terrible for it. Like if I walk past someone in the street wearing a, a blink shirt or something, I'll be like, yes, mate, sick band. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, I guess always hoping that they'll turn around and be like, do you want to become best friends? And I'll go, yes, I do. Um, So, so yeah, sorry, that was a mad tangent there, but um, yeah. So then that kind of was like the, um, the, the, the the cool starting point for for set aside was yeah. My second year of uni, um, which again was a really great experience and kind of got to the point where we would play a show in Newport rather than Cardiff, you know, so suddenly, actually traveling for a show Um, (laughs) and then yeah like so I suppose to to jump back and forth quite a lot here like a a badly written storyline of a film um I'd like I'd obviously really struggled in school being a bit of a loner and um getting bullied and having like girl problems and kind of you know all the all the fun stuff that comes along with being a teenager and 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 I yeah. suppose always worrying that like I'm not expressing myself clearly or that people are misunderstanding what I'm saying and to this day that's such a, a stressful thing for me like trying to make sure that I'm getting my point across right but um yeah like through all that I I went into this like really bad um headspace and got into these really unhealthy coping mechanisms of like taking it out on myself and that's yeah that's not a good way to be <laughs> um and like weirdly enough like i'd mentioned before like drums was kind of my like i have to practice the drums kind of thing yeah um, yeah and then there was one day where for some reason i'd had like a really rubbish day i'd been bullied or you know it was just generally not in a good space and i kind of went up to my room with the intention of of, of hurting myself like i usually would um but for some reason actually thrashing my drum kit instead you know and um Oh my gosh, sorry, the window's just blown open in my house. (laughs) Um, For those of you listening in the future, it is blowing a gale today. Um, (laughs) Sorry, so yeah, so so I'd I'd had a particularly bad day and um, come home and rather than taking it out on myself like I usually would have, I took it out on my drum kit and I like just thrashed my drum kit and like got out all those feelings of like anger and frustration of like why am I getting picked on why aren't you taking the time to get to know me and learn about me and why are you just being so horrible and why is this happening to me and and not understanding how to say that because I I, again believe believe it or not as much as I yammer on now I've I've always been quite a quiet and quite a shy kid or I think of myself Mm. as quite a quiet and shy yeah Um, and yeah like 
to actually be able to make noise behind a drum kit is like such a, a beautiful release for me. And and it wasn't this like light bulb moment, but I felt better after doing that. And I was yeah. like, hmm, that's cool. And and again, you know, maybe it does all kind of link up actually um, with with this whole thing of like, you know, I got super into like the heaviest music I could. Like, well, I, I say heaviest music. It was like Slipknot and Cradle of Filth and like heavy, yeah. heavy bands. and. Um, and that kind of like like raw anger and stuff that those um <laughs> those like Christian review websites warned me about years ago. <laughs> um, it does all link up, but um, but yeah. So so I was I was kind of like really really into these like heavy bands, and whenever I was in a bad headspace, I'd like listen to these heavy bands, and it would perpetuate yeah. this kind of like I am angry. Yeah, I am angry. Um, kind of headspace, and and then it was yeah discovering bands like Blink. I suppose were a real kind of turning point i guess you know what i mean where like and actually taking back sunday were another one and um and lincoln park as well you know like bands where like you get that moment of like oh my gosh they're saying how i'm feeling on this cd yeah or, yeah yeah um this person on the other end of this speaker is is going through a situation that i can relate to when i don't feel like i can relate to anyone else at the moment you know and that's that's another really powerful thing about music man and um yeah, so so that was a, a a kind of real turning point then for me. Really, was this this idea of I'm gonna play in these bands and I'm gonna try and you know make this like music and and get into this like pop punk kind of scene, you know, and and um, all of the positive things that came from that. And and again, you know, writing songs and I I think everybody should have a have a go at it do you know what I mean like uh, uh, mm. writing something and, and it might be terrible the first songs I ever wrote were terrible some people would say the songs I write these days are still terrible but like, <laughs> but do you know what I mean like there's like so what you know be terrible suck at stuff you know just try it and yeah 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 that was yeah uh, and but it was really it was really nice to sort of see this progression of like you know when I was learning guitar or like learning drums and stuff to sort of notably see I couldn't play this a week ago and now I can play this I am making progress and I'm growing and I'm getting better and I'm improving um that's such a positive thing I, I know a lot of people get that out of like going to the gym and stuff as well or like running you know to sort of say I could only run a mile last week and now I can run 10 miles you know and see yeah, that progress yeah. but for me that was very much music um and yeah so so this kind of idea of, um, I guess, pop punk saved my life was kind of floating around in my head. And um, I left uni and the idea was, um, what was the idea? I suppose I suppose it kind of, um, my, my first job, proper job out of uni. Again, right, how nuts is this? Okay, sorry, I'm finding this amazing. I hope you listeners are finding this amazing as well. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I am... Um, yeah, so I met this dude in uni and he was like, I like the same music you like. Sick. He introduced me to a guitarist called Andy. Me and Andy become really good friends. I leave uni, I don't have a job. Andy works in this like design company and he's like, hey, we need to go, we need someone to like fill in for a day helping out with some stuff. Do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, class, thanks, man. From that day, I end up meeting some people and they kind of go, we really like you and we want to work with you. And I was like, okay, cool. And then that was like my first, <laughs> my first actual job out of uni. And that, again, that all came from this conversation of like, I like the same band as you like. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. how cool is that? And um, yeah, man. So that kind of led to um, 
yeah this idea of like pop punk saved my life i suppose and this 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 um this like kind of company i was working for then out of uni where one of their clients was a charity called unlimited and unlimited fund um social enterprises they yeah social enterprises are businesses with a social aim i suppose Do you know what i mean about improving the yeah. community around you so um i'm doing this kind of like project work and do mad stuff to be fair man mad stuff i like i met richard branson when i was like 21 22 and i was like That's i was nuts. like telling <laughs> we were running an event in the royal opera house <laughs> and i was like yeah cool i know what i'm doing i was like showing all these people around like i knew what i was doing it was so funny anyway and um uh one one day on on this project i was like oh look, i've got this idea you know like i think playing drums was the thing that got me through like the what helped me get a like get through self-harm when i was a teenager and i'd love to introduce loads of other people to playing drums i think you know if we just made everyone play drums everyone would be happy right <laughs> um, yeah. and um this idea of yeah so so making band shirts for set aside my, my old band um saying pop punk saved my life and you know we'd give the proceeds to samaritans or you know organizations who are doing brilliant work to to improve the mental health of people in our country or you know support people who are struggling with ill mental health and um someone was like oh you should you should pitch that to you know that idea to this unlimited charity it's the sort of thing they probably give you the money to print the shirts and i was like oh, class that'd be amazing write up this proposal they write back and say this sounds like a great idea but we think you'd be we'd only support you if you were going to start your own thing rather than support someone else and i was like i've literally never had any inkling that i want to run a business yeah, yeah, yeah what's going on here um but i was like well you know nothing ventured nothing gained so um yeah we kind of went for it really and um and they were like, okay, cool. Here's some money. Like, off you go. <laughs> and so I got speaking then to, um, uh, what order did that happen in? I feel like my friend, my friend Hannah Morgan, who runs uh, Heads of Other Waves with me now, but also runs uh, an alternative night in Cardiff called Team Up, um, which when the world opens back up again and you can come to Cardiff, please come to Team Up. It's great. Um, but we, we, were, we were talking outside of there one night um, and sort of chatting about this and this idea and, and Ham was kind of like yeah I you know I relate very much to the had a very similar experience to you there with with your situation through school and stuff and just want to make the world a better place I suppose and um yeah make it so that really the goal of heads has always been to make it so that if ever anyone is in the same situation that we've been in they know that they can get through it you know um Mm. And to try and be the thing that we would have wanted when we were struggling and when, when we, and we still struggle today, you know, but when we were in that really dark place as teenagers or, or just young adults, I suppose, as well, but um, to try to be that support. And, and then um, again, uh, a guy called Griff, who then um, I met again through working with Andy there. Um, he was like, I, 100% on board with this. I want to help out. Griff's like such a good technical mind. So myself, Hannah and Griff then were the kind of the three founders of the original Heads Above the Waves. And um, yeah, 
the, the yeah again the idea of like everyone should play drums very quickly was like okay that's not actually the smart thing to do because <laughs> we sort of started putting feelers out and saying look we you know we're planning on trying to start this thing like has anyone had a similar experience and what was wild was all these all these people were getting in touch with me then who I'd been through school with and maybe I wasn't super close to them but they were like I massively struggled you know um some like all sorts of people as well from like some of the brightest kids in my class to like the kids who just kind of it's just, it's just like they're always there do you know what I mean but you don't necessarily that, sounds really, that yeah. sounds really cruel I'm so sorry to all my friends in school but like um but yeah do you know what I mean like people who you wouldn't necessarily kind of be like oh yeah that guy yeah yeah they weren't in like your close circle yeah of. yeah my close circle was like two yeah. people so it wasn't hard <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but so so um, all these people were getting in touch and being like, yeah, dude, I, I struggled massively. And this is the thing that helped me get through it. Right. So so suddenly we've got this kind of database that, you know, it's a fancy way of saying it. We've got all these emails in an inbox <laughs> of people saying I struggled with this and I got through it like this. And um, mm. that was kind of, you know, the the first steps was, you know, we, we made these shirts um, and the proceeds from them we're going to print literature to sort of say you know here are some things that you can try you're not alone check out this website and read other people's stories and things to try and that's um it's kind of how it started then dude and then from being in set aside going to local shows and stuff because one of the things that drew me to cardiff actually was the music scene you know we mentioned there was particularly a yeah. music scene in bath massively like the welsh music scene in general and what's funny is as a kid i was like oh you know funeral for a friend and bullet for my valentine and the blackout they must all know each other because they're all from wales yeah. and i got a little bit older and i was like they obviously don't all know each other because they're just from wales and now i'm older and i'm in that scene they 100 knew each other <laughs> they were like oh yeah the funeral boys man yeah yeah good lads them yeah yeah so um <laughs> yeah so so um from, from being part of that scene then, we're, we're just turning up at shows with this little suitcase with three um, t-shirt designs in, just rocking up and, at like any gig that we can and being like, hey, you know, here's, this is what we're doing, you know, we're, we're making these shirts. And I suppose it, the idea of the merch as well is that it, it stems back to that idea of, I like the same thing that you like, right? So if I, if I see a Blink shirt, yeah. I'm like, heck yes, best band in the world, you know? Um, and that can lead to great conversations and making friends and, and connections and things. And so let's apply that to mental health. You know, you see someone in a head shirt, which hopefully is the sort of shirt you'd want to wear anyway. It's not just like a, this is a mental health shirt or just a low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, a cool design that makes you go, Hey, that's a cool design. What is it? And you go, ah, or if someone goes, ah, sweet shirt, you go, ah, well, it's about mental health. And then we're having that discussion. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah that's sorry that's i feel like i've spoken for ages that's like no no no, it's cool man <laughs> like just like so from there because obviously like and i don't mean this to to be like in any way disparaging but because like essentially when it start you started heads like it was kind of like an idea that was kind of put in your head in some aspects but obviously the way it's evolved now is that like it's with it, especially within like the alternative music world. It's it's a brand that's known or like people know what it is. So, in terms of like you evolving it and kind of 
doing more with it. I guess, I guess like kind of a learning on the job thing because like you're not quote unquote experts, but you've still had like lived experiences with it. Like how have you kind of gone from like just printing a couple of t-shirts to doing the workshops to doing the stalls? Like how have you kind of learned and grown the, the, the whole thing? Honestly, man, it like, everything is just like such like not not an accident almost but but do you know what i mean like so yeah so we, we started off just doing that like i said rocking up at any gig we could with a little suitcase and then um so do you know weirdly i think um there was like this spoken word guy in cardiff um and he was very kind of you know he he well he, yeah that was it he was a spoken word and battle rapper but he was very open health right we're like sick let's get him on board you know did a did a, like a little video piece thing with him doing that and um he shared that round and suddenly there's all these other people that we wouldn't have reached otherwise you know like i don't i don't know anyone in the battle rap scene you know what you're talking about <laughs> but just suddenly have that kind of uh extra exposure he was like friends with someone who worked for um a really big charity called the Crime Reduction Initiative, I think it was called. And she was like, oh, do you want to come to our like annual conference thing and have your little t-shirt suitcase there? And we were like, um, okay. And went along to that. And then from there, we met this um, drug and alcohol service. Um, yeah, days, drug and alcohol youth service. And they were like, they were like, look, we've got all these young people who we're working with on like drug and alcohol issues in school, but self-harm is coming up loads and we just don't understand that. And we were like, and, and, and they said, would you come and do some workshops with us? And we were like, well, whoa, now we're not like, we're not professionals. We're just people going through rubbish yeah, yeah. times ourselves. And, and they were like, well, that's cool. We'll work with you on that, you know, and, and I'm so, so grateful for that. But, but again, it's, it's kind of just coincidence and, and like circumstance really, isn't it? That, we ended up meeting these people and, and then kind of taking us through a process and, and making sure that stuff's being done right. You know what I mean? And, and um, mm. that we're not harming people through what we say. And, and that's, that's another important point, actually. I, in, particularly in the early days, we were like every blog post we wrote or anything, we were sending it to like the Samaritans and other organizations and being like, is this okay? Can we, put, can we say this? Is this all right? And then being like, yes, yeah, fine. And um <laughs> And, and then, yeah, it's, it's kind of been one of those things where we, we, we've always been, you know, to this day, we've still been super transparent of like, look, we're not medical professionals. We're not counselors. We're not yeah. psychologists. We're people who've been through some stuff. And we've, we've got this, this database of all these other ideas of things that have helped other people in the past. We're here to share that with you. And that hopefully be something that you can be inspired from or, you know, like get kind of some ideas out of that might help you, you know? Um, Cause the, the other very difficult thing with, particularly with, with self-harm I would say is, is that like change can only come when you're ready. Do you know what I mean? I, I can sort of mm. sit here and, and tell you to do something, but if you're not in a mindset to, to, to take, take, take that and run with it and, and try it for yourself, then, it's not going to be as effective as if you go, say, I'm really, I need to try something. And I go, try this. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you yeah, kind yeah. of be open to it. So again, it's, 
it's never been like the workshops for example we were going into it not with the mindset of we're going to fix people but with the mindset of we're mm. going to present you with some things that have worked for us or have worked for other people and might work for you as well you know do what you want with that there's no pressure you know um and again to, to sound a bit arrogant but i i think that's i think that's a really effective approach to be honest to not um force something down anyone's throat i think you know there's 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 obviously caveats to that that you, you, you've got to be mindful of safeguarding and and mm. you know like child protection stuff that we've then gone on and you know done training and things to to kind of make us to, to give us like it's, it's, it's like doing first aid training do you know what i mean like it, it's yeah, a smart yeah. thing to to have on the about anyway um and yeah doing all these kind of extra training courses things has been really useful um but at the, at the same time yeah that core message is we get it it sucks and we're not here to try and fix you um and i, th I think yeah i think that's a a really important message in general i think you know mm when when you're ready you know here are the tools you know um even if we're just planting some seeds right now so yeah so so the workshops was kind of like from that and they've they've changed and they've grown and they've evolved and i'm i'm really proud of where they're at at the moment and and hannah in particular is is fantastic in the workshops and um really really good at um speaking to people on their level you know and and not again something we try to do with everything in heads is to not be like super cold and clinical but also not be like talking yeah. down to anyone so just trying to be like yeah that sucks i'm sorry man you know like um and and empathize i suppose and and listen that's the other mm. key bit you know as much as i'm chatting away here like listen is such a key part <laughs> of what we do so um so yeah man that's that uh, like with the workshops and then like the the shop we have in in Cardiff as well now. Again, it kind of was just a bit of a quinky thing. Someone worked in one of the arcades in Cardiff and was like, "Oh, there's an empty unit that they're giving someone free rent for a month if you want to do it." And we were like, "Okay, we'll do a shop, sure." <laughs> and then did that for like two months, and then when spent a year saying, "I missed the shop. I wish we could do that again." Yeah, yeah, came yeah. up in in where we are now, the place called the Castle Emporium, which is like a little kind of indie shopping mall. Really cool. And um, yeah, we were kind of like, all right, let's try it. Let's, you know, let's do it for a month or so. And and here we are four years later, I think. So yeah, yeah. Um, but and again, same with the workshops, same with everything that we're doing. We, we, we're constantly trying to sort of listen to the people that we're trying to work with, because there's no point in us being like, yeah, you want a shop, you want this, you know, if, if nobody <laughs> wants that. So, you know, and listening to people like, one of the things that people really appreciate about the shop is that it's a bit of a balancing act really isn't it obviously it's a shop we have to pay rent we have to pay rent. Yeah, um, yeah we're there to sell merch but also it's a place where you can just come and hang out and if, if you're if you're struggling if you're having a bad time in town you know in in the usual times when covid isn't a thing we've got like a playstation set up in there so you can just come and play guitar hero and that's cool just come and chill you know and um you can come and talk to us and it's obviously it's not like a counseling service we're not there to be like hey come and talk to us in this way but we're yeah, in here yeah. we're a friendly face you know it's it's a safe space in town where literally everyone is welcome so um well not like 
homophobes or transphobes. But you're not welcome. <laughs> yeah. I like that coming yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I was like, maybe. Um, but yeah, so you know, um, it's everything's kind of just been a bit of an accident, to be honest. <laughs> just waiting for yeah, someone no, to go, hang good. on, <laughs> this is all getting taken away. Yeah, um, I just kind of want to elaborate on the workshops a little bit, like, and you may not be able to give me specifics, but because I think, like, over the past couple of years, like, a lot of people younger older have been more open in talking about their mental sure. health and it's obviously like it's still huge stigmas around it and i get like what you were saying like being the ear to listen to that's kind of part and parcel of, of what's needed but when you're doing these workshops obviously like you might have I, i'm got, i'm presenting a bit of a hypothetical here like you might have like a group of people that like say you've got 20 people five of those 20 might be having some sort of issue but don't know how to address it don't know how to verbalize it can you like pick out those people like when you're in that situation like not that you're going to give them more attention but like that there's so you can click something you're like right i need to maybe tailor what we're saying a bit more to kind of get them to come out of their shell yeah yeah um i think it's one of these things that like definitely definitely just from experience of of doing more and more sessions you you do get more of an inkling of who needs a bit more kind of coaxing um out of the shell. yeah um and and kind of adapting our approach you know we've we've had some sessions where because we, what we've got is we've got like a, a template of like you know in the first week is just about getting to know you and who your support networks are, that sort of thing. And, and then like over the weeks, one, as we kind of get a bit more of a connection with the students we're working with is when we start diving more into like, okay, what's the stuff that's, that's affecting you right now? And what are the mm. issues that you're dealing with and how can we help you deal with them better? You know, what sorts of things. And again, it's not us saying do this, this will fix you. It's okay. What positive things have you got in your life and how can that, um, how can we work with that? Where it's really tricky is that, like, obviously we never want to force anyone. So we've had some schools where they, everyone's just been like chatting, you know, really great open conversation. Everyone's cool. Everyone's like really respectful, you know. And then there's other schools where you just kind of have like a wall of silence. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yes, I'm going to talk for an hour then. Um, so you know, it's, it's definitely about tailoring the approach and sort of adding different things. And again, we've got this, like I said, we've got this framework and then we can kind of tweak it a little bit, you know, if everyone's really like, no, I do not want to do this, then we can sort of say, well, okay, rather than talking about it, here's a notepad each, let's each write this down just for ourselves. No one else has to see it, but we're at least working through the process, that sort of thing yeah um where it really gets tricky as well is that there's some kids there's sometimes we come away from working with students and we go that one kid we just did not help them like they just weren't engaging with anything we feel like oh have we failed them or i don't know you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and constantly evaluating ourselves and 
um, checking the feedback from students at the end of workshops and stuff. <laughs> and then we'll we'll hear from the school like a week later or you know a month later saying that kid is a totally different person now. You have utterly turned them around. Like, oh my gosh. Or they'll get in touch with us on social cool. media and say, your workshops are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And we're like, you did not engage. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you sat and stared at us like we had six heads. Like, <laughs> um, so it's, it's really tough to know for certain how much of an impact something is having. You, you can get an idea, you know, and, and like I say, we, we do these feedback forms and we evaluate ourselves and you can kind of be like, I, I think we've really had, a, we can, we might have a really noticeable breakthrough today and, and really feel like we've made a difference. And then we might just kind of come away being like, no one was ready to accept that today, but we know that we've given them the tool and we've planted the seeds. Do you know what I mean? We've kind of done all that we can Mm. to give them that and we can approach it again next week or we can you know send some more resources to the school to follow up even though we've left sort of thing and um i think it's it's one of the um one of the blessings and curses of 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 not being funded right <laughs> if anyone's yeah. listening to this please fund us please um, <laughs> but like you know um when well, I don't know, we never had government funding, to be fair, but my understanding is government, with government funding, a lot of strings come along with it, right? You have to kind of um, yeah. say, well, this is and this isn't within our remit, you know, and blah, blah, blah. We, we will only do this much and we won't do that. And um, I think, obviously, <laughs> it would be great to have loads of money, <laughs> but also it's, it's really nice to, um, there's, been, there's been many instances of a school saying, look, can you come and just speak to these kids for one more week? And we go, yeah, sure or um hey this one particular student really needs to speak to you like can you come in like yeah sure you know like we're able to sort of do things because someone's asking for it because mm. um our like remit for the funding says yes we can or no we can't do that yeah yeah um, yeah it's yeah like i say it, it's it's cool to have that level of control and to be able to go that extra mile for people it would be really cool to have loads mm. of money <laughs> yeah. and just kind of like on a more sort of personal note like i know like specifically obviously in the workshops you're working with sort of like teenagers and, and things like that but obviously the the kind of world and scene that heads is involved in like that kind of like diy music world obviously there's people our age that obviously have mental health struggles and things like that and I've got I've got to be kind of careful of how I wear this but within sort of the world of people talking about mental health again as I said earlier like people are doing it a lot more openly now but men are the ones that seem to struggle with it talking openly about it most and I think having someone like yourself who is very open about talking about the struggles they've had in the past and continual struggles now and like you're like i'm not saying you're the the face of heads because i know you're not like you're very much like uh, one yeah. of <laughs> several members but but like to have you as a as a as a man that's like no i have these issues as well have you found that that's opened up other like maybe not necessarily just in the workshop but like 
in like day to day conversations, like you've had friends being like, "Yo, I've had this." That are guys that maybe not have have been forthcoming otherwise. Yeah, I. Um, it's it's a funny one, really. Yeah, like, and I think I think everyone's got these different levels of relationships with different people, right? You know, you you've got your, mm. your pals who you'll have a beer with or whatever it is real people do <laughs> like uh, and then you've got um you know you, you're like you're, you're close friends maybe or or um yeah I, I feel like I'm a bit of a, a a weird one in that because I literally spend all day every day talking about mental health <laughs> of, course, of course we're talking about it openly like you know someone asks me how I'm doing like yeah <laughs> I'm struggling bro but um I, yeah, I, I've definitely noticed like a shift, and I, I suppose it feels like when you've, when you put like a certain, uh, without sounding like a hippie, when you put a certain energy out into a room, um, <laughs> it kind of sets the tone. I think, do you know what I mean? Like, even if people don't have the vocabulary to have these super deep conversations, to just be like, man, mm. I struggle sometimes, <laughs> and someone be like, oh yeah, I find that hard too, you know that that can sometimes be all it is you know and and that's okay so yeah i think i think it's a yeah i've definitely found myself surrounded by people who are very or particularly men who are very able to have open conversations do you know what I mean? yeah um i i know that um a few friends of mine like talking about like therapy and their conversations with their therapist and stuff are so so normal and that is such a healthy thing <laughs> like in yeah, their offices yeah. you know and they're like just in the in the break room just having lunch or whatever and they're like, oh yeah so my therapist was talking about this and everyone's like oh yeah mine was saying the same thing <laughs> and I, I remember being sat there and being like this is so cool like I I, I couldn't have ever seen this happening before and yeah yeah and then, yeah, like within the kind of, within the music world as well, you know, um, dude, touring is hard. Like touring is really hard work. And like, it is obviously sick and you're like, you see, you're going around hanging out with your mates and you're like doing stuff. But like you're spending long periods of time um, away from home and comfort and <laughs> you're spending long periods of time sat in a van or <laughs> a car yeah. um, in really confined quarters when you bounce a rub against other people in the in the wrong way you know and i think just having like one of the difficulties maybe is is having the vocabulary to have that conversation and and um yeah i, th I think it's a i think it's a continuing challenge i think um there's the, it's definitely feels harder within men in general i think to have a conversation mm. um I'm also, I, yeah, I, I'm also really interested in like the the kind of the impact of like, you know, the LGBTQ plus community, the, the, the trans community, you know, like in particular, maybe having a particularly high rate of issues with mental health or, or struggles with mental yeah. health, um, you know. I, yeah, I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that like, I think it's a difficult thing for a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think yeah, men, yeah. men are definitely yeah. one demographic, but I also think that there's a bunch of others that um, maybe, you know, there's there's a, a, 
a bit of work to be done here, you know, and in terms of, well, and, and, and again, you know, get into these root causes of things, you know, like, like, okay, you know, one of the big things with, with, with heads, right? Self-harm is obviously a problem. It's, it's a, a harmful thing, but mm. it's a harmful reaction to some, you know, something has happened that's led to this point. Yeah. So if we can sort out or, you know, at least figure out and identify what that issue is and then we can put something in place to, to protect you from it or help you avoid it or you know work through it safely then then that's going to ultimately lead to this kind of so you know a reduced need to self-harm yeah. I suppose and I, I feel like this is maybe something we could look at kind of applying more broadly right you know in general I, it's someone someone on a call the other day made a really good point right we don't wait until someone's teeth are falling out to teach them to brush their teeth right you teach, yeah, teach yeah. kids children really young children to brush their teeth so you have healthy teeth like let's do that let's normalize conversations at like infant school level of um you know having the words to express how you're feeling and understanding that feeling rubbish is okay and will pass you know what i mean let's um or, or or i'm feeling rubbish and i need help or i need support and you know make that a thing that's really built into the vocabulary at a very young age that's like mm. that's what we should be doing a lot more of, I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah. um yeah dude I, th I think that's a that's a thing but yeah i i, I like i say I, I consider myself very lucky in the circles that i'm i'm in that like open conversation and, and saying guys I'm really struggling today you know that's that's okay and for people to know how to say that but then for other people to know how to respond to that as well is is super important you know um mm. I'm such a like I get I get so moody <laughs> I, I sometimes <laughs> just need to literally just shut everyone else out put my headphones on and just kind of be on my own for a bit you know yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it's it's cool when some you know sometimes people go okay right, what do you need right now? I just, I need some space, man. Okay, cool. You know, we'll let you be for a bit. Um, hey, here's the other cool thing that's come out of lockdown as well. Sorry, rambling, but no, um, you're good. <laughs> playing Call of Duty. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so I, oh, hang on. Hmm. We have a house phone now, which is very exciting. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, um, here we go. I'm so sorry. Nice, no, cool. <laughs> okay, a cool thing that's come out of lockdown is um, playing video games as well, right? So I been love yeah. playing video games, and it's it's to this day actually it's, it's another thing along with playing drums that actually really helps my mental health. So I really love you know losing myself in a game, but I also over lockdown I've really enjoyed connecting with people um like old people i haven't spoken to since the school years you know what i mean like we've actually sat and played call of duty together and guys in, cool. uh, in the nova war band we play most nights now and um it's it's like a it's one of these things where when you're doing something else it's easier to have a conversation do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah okay it gets broken up with like sniper in the top window get down you know but, um <laughs> but, but it's 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 one of these things where like i've noticed it and like um i've i'm sure a few other people have kind of done it as well where like by playing the game like you're almost 
you're not sat worrying about what you're about to say particularly do you know what I mean like your, yeah. your hands and your brain are doing something else and it's I, I think it's one of these things is like why it's you know talk over tea is such a, a thing right you know like if you've got a cup of tea in your hands that's something else for your your brain to kind of be like ah I'm holding a warm mug you know and process that rather than I am having an intense conversation about my mental well-being um I mean, you know, maybe it doesn't even need to be super intense, but, but yeah, like I say, man, like connecting with people and playing video games with people, <laughs> um, even though I, I, you know, it's been a year of lockdown. I've played Call of Duty for a lot of that lock, year of lockdown and I still suck at it, but I have a really good time just kind of catching up with everyone. And sometimes it is, you know, just fart jokes, and <laughs> you know, but, but sometimes it's, it's just a really kind of like, oh man, I'm struggling right now. I'm really not having a good time. And even if the outcome of that is everyone else saying, oh man, I'm sorry. Suddenly it's, it's like, a, oh, I'm, I'm not alone in this. You know what I mean? Or, um, yeah, yeah. or, you know, people are like, oh, I, I felt that same way last week, man. And the thing that helped me get through it was doing this. And again, that's, that's not being like, I'm taking over the conversation. That's, Hey, you know, this is an experience that helped, or, you know, this is something that helped me get through that experience you know maybe give it a try you know yeah it's, yeah take it or leave it you know it, it's but the information's out there for you now so um yeah I, I think that's been a really um helpful and healthy way of me connecting with um and having deeper conversations with with other other men you know so yeah 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 and just one like final thing that i wanted to touch upon with regarding with heads like so the, when the way I first came about you guys was when you were, uh, I think it's it must have been two thousand trees. I'm gonna say two thousand trees yeah, yeah. when I first saw you. At. Um, but I'd, I'd obviously I, I'd seen the name before, but like not really like known what it was. But obviously you had the stall there, and kind of like found out a bit more information. And then I think it was on. It's the last day, maybe, where like obviously everyone's a bit sort of partied out and whatever. And I just remember walking past your stall, and everyone was just chilling in bean bags, just having a lovely time. <laughs> and I just kind of thought, like, that's such a sick idea. So, like, was that something that you kind of pitched, like, to have stalls there at festivals and things like that? Or again, has that just kind of been like a, a natural progression? Um. Well, I mean, maybe a combination of the two, to be honest. So, like, I think mm. <laughs> it's really funny, man. Like, um, in, the, in like, the first kind of, like, six months to a year of, of Heads, we kind of did this, like, you know, big business planning session of where we want to be in three years' time, five years' time, seven years' time. And we, we're, we're in our seven, eighth year now, I suppose. So we, we've passed seven years. And I dug out that old kind of where we want to be at seven years our plan for when we were in seven years time, right, was that we were going to have our own warp tour and we were going to be the festival, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously hasn't happened yet. But um, but interestingly, though, workshops was never on that thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's really yeah. interesting that we've kind of gone on these different paths. And um, but yeah, so so festivals has been something that we've um, we've been keen to do. The, one of the first things we did was um, we went to Slam Dunk Wales in say 2013 mm. maybe and um the wonder years were playing at this festival and oh my gosh like 
talk about bands that have changed my life wonder years is probably yeah. up there with yeah. them, you know if not number one number two so um um they were there and we got to interview them and i was like this is the best thing ever <laughs> and um, yeah. yes and and from that you know we've done um a few other events and in in like some some of the events that we've done as well like it's it's become a little bit more just about being like a cool space to hang out now but like in yeah some of the earlier ones we were very much about like well let's make this um an opportunity to do something as well right so um we had these like life rings like printed out and then we were getting people to like write four things that help them deal with having bad days on these life rings and then if they wanted to <laughs> before gdpr if they wanted to put their email address on the back um then we'd email everyone you know some highlights from all the things that people had shared from that event um which i i, I think is a really nice idea actually and now i'm talking about it I'm like we should totally do this again but like, um yeah. you know it, it was just really cool we'd sort of then get all these things of stuff that helps people all these suggestions and then sort of just mail out to everyone who signed up you know hey have you thought about trying this 10 people said that having a bubble bath yeah yeah bubble bath tonight, whatever, you know. um uh, and then we had like vinyl depending on what year you would have been at trees actually we might have done it there um where we had like old vinyl records and we were getting people to write the song lyrics that particularly helped them on these old vinyl and then we were like hanging them up in the tent and stuff and um that was really cool um but yeah we, we, we've done a few festivals and and again it's 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 very much to hannah's credit that um that we've got these relationships and stuff you know hannah, hannah's an events manager in general right so like any right, you want her on your team you know what i mean and um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been really cool. So she's um, she's very much got, built this fantastic relationship with the guys um, behind. Is it the, it's the same team behind Two Thousand Trees and Arc Tangent, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> exactly. Because Hannah's taking care of it. I don't even know that. You know. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So um, she's she's sort of built this great relationship with them, um, where you know we're obviously there to sell merch, and that's like a real primary kind of goal for us mm. is to but but again getting getting the merch in people's hands obviously helps keep us going as an organization but also every time someone's wearing a shirt it's an opportunity to spread a message about positive mental health and ways of coping and you know um that in itself is 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 a, a positive step right so i think yeah it's it's obviously great to sell loads of t-shirts or whatever but actually if you sell 50 t-shirts that's 50 people who you've had a conversation with at that festival who are now ready to go and you know when someone goes oh hey sweet shirt be like let me tell you about this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah um and and then in the last couple of years um in particular that kind of relationship with um with the 2000 trees and arc tangent guys is that um trying to be a little bit more you know so like we've done a lot of like talks mm. and things and um uh did we lead like a meditation session or something or like in in general kind of having our tent be a place that's like a, a safe space i suppose you know, you know come yeah if you need to and and i it's one of the things as well that i've again maybe it's maybe it's kind of been from my experience but i remember being at festivals when i was younger and going up to the stalls uh, you know the the, tent, the the merch stores and stuff 
and everyone being a bit too cool for school or a bit clicky. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, when, yeah. Or when sometimes you, I still have it, you go into a shop and you feel like you're bothering the person behind the counter by trying to buy something from them. <laughs> like, no, I'm absolutely not about that. So, I, you know, one of the things that I always um, would hope uh, is an experience people can have at the festivals with heads is that, like, whoever you are, like, come and have a chat, you know, come and talk. And, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're obviously there to sell merch, but like, we'll happily just chat to you. <laughs> you know, we'll happily have a, and it's and it's been really nice actually. I I've not done so many uh, festivals because I I've been busy with Junior and with Novo Amor, um, so I've, mm. I've missed a lot of festivals re- recently. But what has been cool is there's been like people who we met at like Heavy Festival in 2015 or whatever who we still see at 2000 Trees in 2020 or well, not 2020, but like um, we'll see it. You know festivals years later and they're like i met you years ago yeah, yeah. they're like yes you did come on in son you know <laughs> it's yeah it's it's really nice um to ho- hopefully be creating a space where every, everyone is welcome to come and have a chat you know and we're not there to push merch mm. on you and we're not there to convert you to our way of thinking on anything you know it's it's literally come hang out and and yeah i i hope I, I hope that we can put across this idea that literally everyone is welcome and it's not it's not like an elitist thing like and what's nice actually as well is that it kind of spills over so like there's there's friends who will you know from Cardiff who turn up at the festival as well and they'll come and hang out at the tent and then if we're trying to yeah, yeah. else, our mates will then be like oh hey guys how's it going you know and like just end up having either a general conversation or a conversation about heads and, and mental health in general so um, I'd like to think that there's this kind of like a ripple effect that can kind of happen in there. But, yeah. um, but, but also, you know, with festivals, it's about part, part of what we're trying to do is, is be where people are. You know what I mean? Like it's all well and good us, you know, doing our school workshops. That's great. Um, being online. Great. Um, but actually if the people that we think our message can really have an impact to um, or have an impact on, um are at rock and roll music festivals then heck yeah we want to be at rock and roll music festivals talking and having these conversations with people you know and um it might it might even be down the line that i don't know k-pop really takes off and we're suddenly going to (laughs) bts concerts with our little suitcase again i don't know but like yeah man so i i think it's yeah another another way to kind of meet people where they are and 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 remove that barrier from having those conversations you know Mm. well you mentioned touring with junior so i think that's a nice way that we can segue into junior um i've got to be totally honest and frank here so the way i found out about junior is through mark (laughs) so i i I think like no disrespect but i think that's obviously a lot of people especially wrestling fans way into your band but talk me through like how did you guys kind of all meet and like what because obviously being from in set aside like as you mentioned that was a a pop punk band and obviously junior is so was the idea of you guys always wanting to kind of push that pop punk like direction or did it start off as something else yeah well so so what's really funny is is that um i like 
I feel like everyone engaged with wrestling at some point as a child, right? Like at some point yeah. you had something to like, you watched it or you were really into it or, you know, um, some people that like continues and grows and blossoms and some people they're like, oh yeah, I used to like wrestling when I was a kid. Um, and for me, like I, I kind of had like really brief interactions with wrestling as a kid, but I never really was like super duper into it. And then um, go to uni, do set aside, um, get this message to the, I think to the band page or to an email and just being like, hi, I'm a pro wrestler called Mark Andrews and I'd like to use one of your songs in one of my end of year music videos. And I'm like, oh, I was like oh, no, this wrestler wants to use a song in a music video. How cool is that? And um, I'm watching this video of Mark doing his thing and um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is sick. Um, and yeah, th then like, set aside like we split up and uh i think mark sent me the demos for the first junior ep and was like oh do you want to check out my new band and i was like oh this is sick man like let me know if you ever need a drummer and he was like as it happens we do <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. so that was how that was how i got into into junior and um yeah so then that was very much kind of when was that 2003 no 14, 15, maybe that was, 2015. Mm. And um, yeah, the first Junior EP sounds to me like um, Your Favourite Weapon by Brand New, like, but a little bit more like going on for it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I like, was really into that. Really, we were all super into like, yeah, it was like Wonder Years, Four Years Strong. It was like, yes, it was very much pop punk, you know. And then um, I think... So in, in particular as well, so um, Matt, who plays guitar and, and also sings, is a fantastic songwriter. And um, mm. funny enough, he also um, writes like entrance music for wrestlers, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely this kind of wrestling world, you know, we can't avoid it. And um, but, but I think, you know, from him doing that with his, um, his hot tag uh, media works, um, and now just as Matt Attar, music composer, I think his thing is, um, he's he, he just writes so much music and like is exposing himself to so much music and he's got this beautiful way of like writing chord progressions and and harmonies and stuff that i'm just like how on earth did you think of this man like and <laughs> you know i'm obviously gonna be big enough junior here but like i i honestly i think that some of the things that junior does like show me another pop punk that pop punk band that that does that like some of the progressions on on our album beautiful life i'm like no one else is even close to this <laughs> um, but, but genuinely i'm like I, I think there's such sick stuff and that was something that very much stood out from the early early days of of those junior demos and yeah we kind of we got in a practice room that was like a a dodgy space over a garage and uh we i hadn't played drums for like a year oh, maybe, maybe less than that months at that point and I was really kind of like itching to get back behind the kit and we were like oh let's have a jam and see what happens and we we played feeling this by blink and I was like that's it I'm in sold <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um yeah so that was kind of the startings of junior really and then as we were kind of getting a bit of um well and, and actually do you know what the other thing as well right so Mark being a wrestler is such a cool thing <laughs> like wrestling in mm. general is cool <laughs> but um <laughs> it's there's there's so many like similarities 
but also differences between the wrestling world and the music world, right? So, oh, definitely. In rest, yeah, yeah. like going around doing backflips in tights since he was like eleven or something nuts. Like, so he's <laughs> just got this mindset yeah. of like, well, okay, let's just go do it. You know? Oh, there's a wrestling show in Germany. Okay, my buddy's old enough to drive. Let's drive to Germany and just do this one wrestling show. <laughs> you know? Like, how crazy? And then you know, compare that to me coming from Bath and being like, oh, there is no music scene. Oh my gosh, we've done a show in Newport from Cardiff. What? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. You know, we, we booked our first tour like very quickly. Um, and it was very much, very much DIY, very much leaning on like wrestling contacts as well. I think, you know, like, oh, guys are right. up in Scunthorpe, your first song. And um, yeah, man, so, um, but then, very uh very early on in like the junior story um mark won this contest um uh, won a contract with tna wrestling um and moved out yeah. to the states so like we you know we've just recorded our like first ep properly as a band junior land and we lose a third of our band it's <laughs> in the states but again I had this great mindset of like well let's still get as much done as we can so like um one of our music videos um for a song called That Pretty Dress is shot in my flat in Cardiff and in Mark's house in Ohio when he was living out there. So like, and then we've stitched it together so that it looks like it, yeah, you yeah. know, that we're in a different continent. So um, yeah, and and then power to him as well. He's got one of the craziest schedules. Like he, he'll do stuff like, oh, okay, cool. So we're gonna play the show in London and then we're gonna get a flight, like, and then we're gonna stay up, you know, overnight to then fly to the states in the morning to do this wrestling show and then i'll fly back again to do the next show of the tour or whatever <laughs> like yeah dude yeah. fair play so um yeah i i've got so much love and and you know what as well talking about like healthy conversations and relationships like matt and mark are two of the nicest people you could ever hope to meet and like you'll just have this um like amazing openness and like you feel like you can just talk about literally anything and like they're not going to judge you and and you know you can have these open conversations and that's such a blessing uh, mm. and yeah man it's it's just been like this real weird kind of whirlwind of like yeah like you said a lot of people kind of knowing it as like oh they're, they're a wrestling band but we're not fuzzy okay <laughs> 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 but like but you know for a while we were kind of like uh you know, we want to be known as a band in our own rights. And then we kind of went a complete 180 and went, heck yeah, we're the wrestling band. It's the yeah, band. Yeah, Give us yeah. a contract, you know? And um, it's, yeah, it's just been like a, a bit of a balancing act from that. But, but also as well, like evolving and, and going from, I, I would say that Beautiful Life as an album, yeah, it's got very pop punky moments, but like for a, for a first full length album, I'd, I'd say it's not so much a pop, punk record as a it's a mm. good alternative rock album <laughs> i was gonna say it's not as like and i mean this in a nice term but it's not as like sweet and flowery as junior yeah Man, yeah in comparison exactly and, and i think that's cool and you know and, and again make art make music make it suck it doesn't matter you know like and as much as i look back and go oh i wish i played this differently on junior land or you know oh Maybe if we'd mixed it differently, like, you know, we could have done this, that or the other. But that's where you were at at that point in time. That's where we were at. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you know, we were listening to loads of pop punk. So, yeah, it's a pop punky album, you know. And then um, Beautiful Life, actually, there you go. Yeah, Beautiful Life. 
for all you <laughs> listeners. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I think it's a lot more kind of like cool alternative rock. And then we ended up with this um, sweet opportunity where Brick by Brick, one of the singles from it, um, got used as a theme for the NXT takeover in Cardiff, um, where Mark ended up becoming. Mark and his tag team partner became the first Welsh WWE title holders. They won the tag team belts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. Um, and also, weirdly, side side note to that, I had a um, like a trial shift for a job in um, uh, in Lush, like the bath bomb place. I had oh, like a yeah, trial yeah. shift that day, so I literally did did the trial shift, and then like. I was like, okay, cool, thanks. And packed up my stuff, went over to the arena to go and watch my buddy do backflips. <laughs> I was like, I was really <laughs> hoping the whole time that like junior fans were going to come in to Lush. I don't know why they come into Lush particularly, but they'd come in and be like, wait a minute, you're that famous rock star. And they'd be like, we have to give him the job now. <laughs> and it didn't happen. So come on, guys. No, but um, yeah, so um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing to have that like, wrestling connection and i've um had my eyes open to it um and one of the oh sorry yeah one of the other things that's that's cool like in the wrestling world it's like really normal to go in as soon as you get to a venue shake every person's hand in there it's just like etiquette you know you just you shake hands with everyone to say hello just, right it's okay. not necessarily like hey we're best friends but it's just kind of like hi i'm mark hi i'm Sai. you know yeah yeah um and i i, I love that and you know Mark started doing it on gigs that we were playing and we started doing it as well. And it's so, so funny because obviously everyone in wrestling just kind of knows that that's what you do. And yeah. in the music world, it's kind of the opposite where like everyone just like, bands kind of load in with their gear and all kind of awkwardly like stare at each other and wait for someone yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to be like, can I borrow your drumsticks? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then to just have this like dude just kind of walking over and be like, hello. <laughs> away <laughs> oh. um and i think it's great and I, I i hope it's something that you know us consistently doing it can hopefully inspire other people to just just go up and say hello to everyone like literally say hello yeah. because and it, it's great because it breaks the ice and it it takes away any kind of um you know oh i don't feel like i can talk to this person because everyone is just going hiya all right nice to meet you so yeah man um I don't know where I was going with that, sorry, but wrestling's cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, just in terms of like your go like you kind of touched upon it then, but like in terms of you guys like going out on tours and stuff, like obviously Mark's currently under contract with NXT UK. Does that like does that hinder your plans of any touring or do are you able to like schedule it around it? How does that kind of work? Yeah, it's so it's a funny one, really. Like in, in the early days, we assumed that us being as busy as we are would massively be a benefit. I like make us seem like really, like really good to promoters or labels or whatever, you know, to say like, ah, well, you know, Mark's always crazy busy with his wrestling and Sai's crazy busy touring with Nova or more. And Matt's crazy busy doing all this writing and production music. Um, and actually suddenly everyone was just going like, well, so when are you going to have time to do junior? And we're <laughs> but, but the truth is, is that like we all, flipping love junior and we all like really um want to prioritize it you know and um it's it it can be hard when it comes down to like well okay are we gonna 
you know, lose a hundred quid each on doing this junior tour, um, or are we going to get paid to do our jobs? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. It, yeah, it is. It is a tough one, but um, I, I think the the hardest part, particularly, is is like um, how getting all of us in the same room can sometimes be a, a, a challenge. You know, just because of our busy, busy schedules. Yeah. So. And, and the extent of those schedules, do you know what I mean? So like when Mark's got um, stuff, it's it's not like, oh, okay, well, he's, he's I don't know, in Cardiff, but he can still nip over to Bristol for a show in the evening, whatever. It's like, he's in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then same with me with Novo, like the <laughs> the touring on the Novo side is is a much higher level <laughs> than the junior one. But so it means right. I'm kind of like I'm in Indonesia or you know like I'm the other side of the world for a month so it definitely um does present a challenge but actually then when we've got that downtime in between or um the good news is like with Nova I generally have my those dates like quite far in advance and um yeah for the most part Mark's quite good at uh, or you know WWE are generally quite good at sort of saying we'll need you for in this country or in this place at this time yeah, so we yeah. can build a schedule around that and but like I say dude like um in terms of like work ethics Mark Andrews is one of the one of the best dudes I know for that you know like um if if he's like oh guys I've got this taping in LA on Friday so I could probably catch a flight on Friday night and with the time difference I could probably be there for a show on Saturday <laughs> you know what I mean that's not an issue for him he's like yeah cool um so yeah i I, like it can definitely be a a struggle but um it's definitely something that we're able to work around and there's there's been situations as well where it has happened that like super last minute something you know and and we've always said you know if if a really cool opportunity comes up like that's that's gotta happen right you know like if like Hmm. hey mark do you want to i don't know a shot at the heavyweight championship or, <laughs> yeah. um, or play to 10 people in newport like obviously skip the junior show man go do that big match so um there's yeah like there's been a couple of occasions where that's happened or oh, I've, I've been away or you know something's happened i've i've not been able to make a show and we're, we're lucky to have a lot of talented friends around us like um we had Lucas from Holding Absence um, fill in on bass for Mark on a couple of years ago. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a good few years ago, but like, you know, like little bits like that, which again, you know, when I was like, oh, people from Wales don't, you know, funeral weren't best buddies with Bullet for Valentine. It's yeah. like that, man, you know, like we messaged Sean from The Blackout and Ryan from Funeral and the boys from Holding Absence. And, you know, like <laughs> we all kind of like are connected and it's like, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's been occasions where we've had to have like people fill in for us, but um, yeah, on the most part, man, like um, we make it work, you know. And and I think particularly with the some of the new stuff that we've been working on, like oh, I honestly I can't wait to like get the these demos that we've got. I can't wait for them to a to be able to actually sit in a practice room and play them because we've just been sat waiting for lockdown to get lifted. Yeah, um, yeah. But also, I can't wait to get them out in the world and you know make it if if beautiful life was like not quite pop punk this new album is like yeah even even further away from that from pop punk but yeah i think it's gonna i think it's gonna blow a lot of people's minds man that's cool (laughs) 
Um, but you mentioned there, obviously, like wanting to get in the practice room. But one thing you guys did do, obviously, over sort of lockdown, is the is the covers EP. Yeah. So, like, where did that kind of idea come from, and how did you settle on the the songs that you went for? Um, where did it come from? I th- I think it was probably just us being like, oh, we should do some covers. That'd be a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like w- one of the kind of recurring themes in all of our group chats is Mark will send some song and say, guys, we should totally do a cover of this. And like, so often it's like, um, every time we touch, I get this feeling, or, you know, or like a, cheesy, a really cheesy pop thing or something super duper country. Mark and I both love country. <laughs> Matt hates it. Um, uh, but Matt, Matt in particular has listened to a lot of like, um, 70s rock and stuff and so I I think it kind of started with him doing more than a feeling and he was like this is really cool um we should you know sort of like did a little demo thing of it and he's like oh wouldn't it be fun if we played this on a show one time and then Mark was like oh that's really sick um I think we should do a cover of um Dancing in the Moonlight by Thin Lizzy and he was like we can make it sound really sad and stuff and sort of sends this voice note over and and then we were kind of like well okay let's do you know a couple of them you know let's do a few songs and I think I ruined the vibe a little bit. Oh no, no, we did Mercy Me as well. That was another one, um, our entry. Okay, so it wasn't just me doing a more modern song. But I was like, <laughs> I, I'd love to do I'll Follow You Into The Dark by um, Death Cab For Cutie. And, and obviously, because I couldn't play drums, I live in a flat, um, I couldn't play drums. So I was like, wow, I've got this little ukulele. I could just like <laughs> play that. Um, and then the tragic thing is, so I, I did music technology in uni and I graduated with a first class honors. Thank you very much. Um, and then I was like oh do you know I haven't actually got any proper recording stuff in my house and I was like I can just record it like with my (laughs) with my laptop and my headphones and um, I was leaning over my laptop trying to play this ukulele for ages before I actually realized that the the mic on my headphones was actually the one recording it not the thing in my laptop and I was like I have a first class degree in music tech and I got bamboozled by this like (laughs) please don't tell my teachers yeah man and then that was like just a nice way to um stay semi-creative and and put something out there and then also kind of yeah donating the proceeds to um nhs charities together as well um yeah with yeah kind of i don't know we we all personally are kind of like maybe the nhs shouldn't be defunded by the tories (laughs) but like um but yeah, it, it it was it was cool to kind of there was that real kind of moment, wasn't there, where like the nation was really kind of collectively united. There was like the whole thing with like uh, yeah, yeah. Tom Moore and stuff, you know, and um people just doing something to help their fellow man, I suppose, you know. And it was it was it, it just seemed like the, the the right thing, you know, the perfect way to do that really with what limited thing we could actually do to help things it was nice to be able to make doing silly covers of songs um into something a bit more you know so yeah Yeah. that was a really a really fun time to be fair um and actually yeah it was it was um sean uh from the blackout uh, and satin pod shout out to satin podcast um and uh ryan um from from funeral and uh future history management who were like guys you should release these because we were like oh this would just be a laugh wouldn't it and they were like oh no let's put them out and we were like really (laughs) 
it was there. They were the ones who kind of pushed us to do it, I think. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, and obviously, like, at the moment, we've been given this sort of tentative guideline of, of June 21st of when things are looking to get back to some semblance of normality. You guys potentially going out on tour in August. So are you are you kind of all prepped and ready to go or are you still a bit sort of, is this really going to happen kind of thing? Where are you at with it? I'm... Well, yeah. So what's funny is like, um, they're like, oh, you know, you can't have big crowds, and they were like, well, that's not going to be a problem for a junior show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like, obviously, I'm being a little bit self-deprecating, but I like, I'm more optimistic of the junior shows happening because they won't be like, we're not doing stadium shows. Do you know what I mean? We're yeah. doing like, yeah, 150, 200 cap rooms, like, um. I'm more optimistic of like this, those small scale events happening than like, I think Reading and Leeds going ahead is, is super optimistic to be fair. I think that's, I, yeah, I'm not convinced that's going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, I'd, yeah. I'd love to eat my hat in, you know, however long it is till Reading and Leeds months time. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like August has a good shot. I feel like we've got a good shot of kind of, you know, it being summer, people being vaccinated, um, like weirdly enough as well, like it it could, well, it could be the opposite of this, I suppose, but it, it could play into our hands of kind of like, if there is another peak, then we'll lock down. And actually by August, we'll come be out of that lockdown again. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. It, it could work out like that. It could massively not, but um, yeah, I think, I, dude, I just love for music to happen again. Like a, like a boy, you know, yeah. I think there's that, that really nice ability of bringing people together in that shared experience. And I think we're all just desperate. For, I know a lot of people are just kind of like any gig, please. <laughs> I will go. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, yeah, I think it'll happen. The, the, the trickier bit really is, is like rehearsing it and um, you know, should we play some new songs on tour to sort of feel them out or do we literally just kind of do um, the classics or <laughs> the smash hits, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, um, it's an interesting time to be in a band. Let's say that. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just been trying to get a more, I've been trying to buy a house, man. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, well, <laughs> and there's there's some occasions that like when you go to a house party or something, or you meet meet someone for the first time, and you're like, what do you do? And you go, I'm in a band, and they're like, wow, cool. <laughs> and then there's times when you're trying to get a mortgage, and they're like, so what do you do? And you're like, I'm in a band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I wish I had a real band. So um, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, sorry, I've taken up way too much of your time, but before I let you go. In terms of Heads Above the Waves, obviously the reason I wanted to get you on here was because we're doing the, the sampler, which will hopefully raise some funds. But for people that want to kind of like shout you out, support you in what way, what's the best way they can support Heads Above the Waves? Honestly, man. Uh, well, first of all, actually, thank you very much for the, um, the compilation thing as well. That's that's, no, that's cool, such man. a cool thing. Um, really appreciate that. Um, in terms of, yeah, people kind of getting involved, like, the website hatw.co.uk um if you take five minutes to check that out and have a look at some of the 
resources, helpful stuff, blog posts, helplines, you know, stuff that we shout about on there. Um, I think everyone should be aware of it so that if you come across someone who is having a rubbish time, you can say, hey, check out this website, you know. Um, but also, you know, actually super useful. We live in an age where um, social media is such an important thing, but gets squished so hard unless you pay for it. <laughs> so actually legit, yeah. like when people go, oh, how can I help? Dude, share, share our posts and um, because it helps us reach more people, but the benefit of us reaching more people is that more people see a positive message and see that help yeah. and hope exist, you know? So um, please do check us out. It's Heads Above the Waves uh, on Facebook, at Heads Above the Waves on Instagram, at H-A-T-W underscore UK on Twitter, because some swine had H-A-T-W and the Waves <laughs> is too long. So it's H-A-T-W underscore UK on Twitter um, and Heads Above the Waves on everything else. Um, we got a YouTube channel. We started a TikTok. Oh my goodness. I'm oh God. <laughs> terrified of what that means for us but um but yeah like the, the um shares on social and checking out the website and yeah maybe picking up some merch if you're in cardiff come to the shop it's in the castle emporium on womanby street which is right opposite clubby for bach which is like such a cool and important music venue and i really hope survives a pandemic uh, the whole street i hope survives a pandemic to be fair we've got a bunch of cool places like fuel on there as well so um Mm. yeah if, if you're ever in Cardiff please do stop by the shop or if you see us at a festival please do come and say hello because yeah like I said having conversations is just as important to us and you know making sure that you go away with a flyer and some ideas on how to cope when you're having a rubbish time or knowing who you can talk to when you're struggling that's just as important to us as, as selling a t-shirt so yeah come and talk to us cool perfect right before this is the last thing before I let you go how I always end this is to ask my guest what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so what's your favorite genius song that you like to play live and why um hmm. it is a bit of a cop-out answer really um oh, oh I don't know it's a tricky one actually it's a tricky one it's probably it's probably a house that's not quite home, um, yeah. which was Mark's wrestling entrance music uh, with TNA. Um, and I, th I think was the song that like a lot of people got to know us by. If not that, yeah. it was Fall to Pieces. And that Fall to Pieces is the, the other close second actually, where um, House Not Quite Home has got this great bit in the bridge where, um, Matt sings the bridge and then it like comes in heavy and does it again, then it stops and there's this pause. And like genuinely, it's it's like like I've I've never tried hard drugs, but I imagine it's better than what heroin feels. <laughs> <laughs> this moment where it just stops and like people go, We bought the bounties as did, and it kicks back in again. <laughs> oh man, like the the feeling I get from from that moment of like stopping and hearing a room full of people sing that bit back, even though, you know yeah. it's, it's about moving house, but like but like we, we piled boxes on stairs, but like there's just something so magical in that moment, man. That like, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever really get over how good that. Yeah. Um, or you know, if I if I can sneak in a second answer as well, um, it would be fall to pieces as well because that bit where where Sean Smith does his little um, vocal bit in the bridge. Um, it's such a sick moment. And like, 
Sean's done it live with us a bunch of times. If it's not Sean, then it's um, our tour manager does it in a, like a lucha mask. Um, Brilliant. If, you know, if, if someone, if we're playing with other bands who like know us and know the song, we'll get them to do it. Um, we had like, oh man, we've had like nightlives do it. We've had Coast to Coast do it. There's been moments where we've had fans do it because no one else was around. And we were like, do you want to come and do this bit in full to pieces? And they're like, yeah. So like, yeah, it's... I. To be honest, yeah, actually what it is, is any any song, I think, where there's like a real cool connection with someone else. And maybe that maybe that ties yeah. up this conversation nicely, actually, where like, yeah, it's like um, really demonstrating that like power of music to bring people together and um, yeah. make for a good time. Yeah. Perfect. Brilliant. So I thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute blast. Um, as I say, like, if there's any way that we can help in, in spreading the heads message, then we will do. And yeah, fingers crossed that we'll see you out on tour in August. As I well. really hope so, man. Hey, thank you so much for letting me chat for so long as well, dude. <laughs> no, absolute pleasure, my friend. So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Sai for taking some time to have a little chat with me about all things Heads Above the Waves and Junior. As always, you can find what's going on with Junior on all various social platform, social media platforms even, uh, which will be linked in the episode notes. And as I've mentioned before, we'll be putting links and various bits for Heads Above the Waves in the description notes as well. Um, just one line, final thing before I do go... I'm working on something else as well. I'm trying to sort of give this podcast as many arms as possible this year. And one of which will be out this Sunday. So again, keep an eye out on all our social media platforms for information about that. Uh, it's just underscore and underscore insight on Twitter and Instagram. And it's just, just an insight on Facebook. Um, so yeah, that will be out on Sunday. But the main thing about, again, with this episode, Charity Sampler out on Thursday, April 1st. Please go support it. Any, As I say, a pound, you get 20 tracks of different hardcore, screamo, metal, punk, doom, loads of different genres all in there. Everyone's kind of pulled together to support this cause. So, yeah, hopefully you can dig in for a pound, maybe a little bit more if you so wish to, and support the organisation. The plan is to do this, uh, well, we'll be pushing it for specifically for four months until uh sorry three months until the next sampler comes out but it will be a continual thing that we can like the, the sampler will not be taken down that money will continually whatever is generated from that will go to heads above the waves um but yeah that's it for another episode as always whether this is the first time you're listening or the 186th time you're listening thank you for all your support if you can rate subscribe review on whatever podcast platform you listen to listen to us on really really does support us i know you probably get bored of hearing podcast hosts say that but there's a reason we do um but yeah i'm gonna leave it there thank you again for stopping by the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon